What's up all, Aaron, but not that Aaron here to tell you about SifPop Writer's Room. For the past several years, there have been a growing amount of writers for SifPop.com providing best ever challenges, movie reviews, themes, legacies, connections, and so much more. SifPop Writer's Room is where that all comes together, giving a voice to those words that you read. And on the show, every week is excellent, getting to chat such a wide variety of movies with a wide variety of movie lovers, and I'm really having a lot of fun with the show, and I just think that you would too. So check out SifPop Writer's Room wherever you listen to your podcast, and we'll see you over there. Just remember to knock first. Hello, welcome to the Wobizzle podcast for female freelancers and solopreneurs. I'm Michelle. And I'm Melissa. And we're here to help you thrive in a career where you set the terms. Let's get started. Today's episode, The Psychology of Resilience, Tapping Into Your Ability to Thrive in Chaos. And boy, 2020 was, was quite, the, quite the chaos. So much chaos. Ugh. We are glad to have 2020 behind us. I tell you what. How about you, Melissa? I am so glad. I don't even want to talk about it. 2020 <laughs> was a dumpster fire. I mean, that was just that was just it. <laughs> we are still a long way away from normal, though. As much as we we like to have kicked the year to the curb, we are still a long way from normal. And we know that we face challenges. We know our audiences face challenges. Some financial a lot of emotional challenges. Mm-hmm. And even, even for those that have have not maybe faced the financial challenges, maybe their jobs or their projects and things like that stayed intact. I feel like there's still this undercurrent of uncertainty that was just running beneath the surface. I agree. You know, we asked the women of Wobizzle in our Facebook group what their thoughts were, and we saw some common themes. Uh, one of them was surviving and paying the bills. Yeah, that's a big one. Mm-hmm. Especially with so much unemployment and closures and you know industry shakeups. Mm-hmm. We also saw a smaller bottom line. I think everyone experienced that to some degree. I mean, even if your income stayed the same, perhaps your partner shifted. They talked about difficulty getting product, everything from toilet paper to <laughs> you know, printing and, and whatever else you might need. Mm-hmm. Balancing a new business and family or young children at home. I am so grateful that my children are grown and gone because I can't imagine trying to work full time right? and, and homeschool them. I mean, ugh, mm-hmm. that, that really would have been a stressor. And just that general sense of uncertainty. I mean, I think everybody's still feeling pretty much out of sorts. And I can definitely relate to that because my, my life didn't change a whole lot. I still had pretty much the same client load. I work from home. So that didn't really, that wasn't really a factor. Really, the only things that were a factor was like, wasn't going out to eat and I wasn't spending as much time face-to-face with friends, which that's, that's challenging. But I think what I was facing for the most part was just this, I mean, I would wake up and not know what day it was, you know, and there's no reason really that I can point to that I would feel that way. But yeah, just a kind of a general feeling of being out of sorts. You know, I got a text message from my daughter the other day, and she's been working at home since March. And she has never been a work from home person. So she really struggled with it at first. And I guess the struggle continues because she says, at this point, I'm so detached from the outside world that I'm treating going to the doctor this afternoon like it's the first day of school. I have an outfit laid out. I've showered. My hair is clean. I don't know how to be an adult anymore. And then a minute later, she sent me another one. And it says, is this what dementia feels like? 
And I can relate. I mean, I can so relate because even though I work at home and my workflow hasn't really changed and my schedule hasn't really changed, I feel so, like you said, I wake up and I think, what day is it? Because I don't have appointments. I don't have meetings. I mean, I still have appointments on Zoom, but I don't have Mm -hmm. to go somewhere. There's no travel. Mm -hmm. There's no meeting you Friday for tacos and drinks. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's a very disrupted, disorienting time. The struggle has definitely been real. And we know that there are some some tools that we can employ to help. And we are absolutely delighted to have with us today, Dr. Dale Laddie, who is a licensed psychologist and a professional coach for life. She's got 20 plus years experience in psychology. And she is here with us today to talk about some of the ways that we can get through some of these things and use resilience as a tool to help us move forward with our lives and feel better about the direction that we are going in 2021. Dr. Laddie, welcome. Thank you. I think we all have a general idea of what resilience is. I feel like it's kind of being able to roll with the, the punches, so to speak. What what are we really dealing with? What how How powerful is this idea of resilience and what exactly is it? So for me, resilience is one of the strongest indicators of success. So resilience, by definition, is the capacity to recover from difficulties. And you guys have been talking about this year has presented so many new experiences, so many difficulties that the people who are successful are the ones who can build their resilience, who can learn to get up after a fall, can experience these difficult circumstances, then learn how to roll with it, get up, continue. When people do that, people who can recover from difficulties and get up, we call them resilient. But it's interesting because a lot of people think, oh, well, some people are just like that, but that's not true. We all, it, it is innate within us. Uh, it is hardwired within us to evolve, to grow, to overcome obstacles. Now, some of us need to hone that skill. And we can talk about that. <laughs> some tools that I have in my tool belt that I teach people. I have always felt like it was something that was more nature than nurture. How mm-hmm. is it that some people are able to tap into it more naturally than other folks have to work at it? I think we all have to work at it, honestly. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, what looks like it might be natural, I think is is just someone who is practicing, Mm -hmm. who is on the path Mm -hmm. of learning how to overcome obstacles. Because our brains are hardwired to focus on problems. We have a 2 million year old brain at the kind of at the base of our brain. Mm -hmm. And we all have that. And it's more adaptive to look for predators to look for trouble. That's inherently our brain's job is to keep us alive. It is not its job to make us happy. Mm -hmm. The job is to keep us alive. So we do have this natural tendency to look for problems to focus on problems. That's why it's so easy to do that. But the people who are resilient are able to train their brain to focus on where they want to go. Mm, Interesting. Okay. On growth, they develop a growth mindset. Okay. Okay. So how 
tell me how resilience can help us to be a little bit more relaxed and not overwhelmed and things like that. Right. Okay. So what I, I teach my patients. So when I feel overwhelmed, you know, that is a feeling that is created by the way I'm thinking. A lot of people think, well, it's the circumstance, you know, for example, pandemic, right? Mm -hmm. We think, okay, the pandemic is making me feel overwhelmed. But the reality is it's not, the pandemic is a fact, it is a circumstance. How you interpret that fact, that circumstance will dictate how you feel, what you tell yourself about that fact is indeed Mm -hmm. how you will feel. So how can we start to put the resilience into practice? When a circumstance happens in life, that is difficult, right? Our job as resilient is to overcome that difficulty. First step is to develop perspective taking. So someone who's resilient is able to look at that threat and be realistic about what they're facing. They see it as it is. They're not into thought drama. They, they are seeing it as it is. They're, they're not making it worse than there is. And this is, this is huge. They, they don't kind of BS themselves and say, oh, you know, this is not a problem. I'm not talking about just positive thinking. But what they do is they're able to evaluate that stressor, take perspective, not exaggerate it, and then tell themselves the truth. I consider myself to be a pretty level person 85% of the time. But COVID has sent me over the edge in terms of my perspective. It doesn't happen often, but some days I wake up and I think I just need to gather my family, wrap them in bubble wrap and keep them here until this is over. And it's just kind of a hysterical, it's hard to get over that. And then all the trickle down from that, you know, the loss of wages and the loss of the strength of the economy and on and on and on. And it just kind of turns into this domino effect. And it's like, how, how can you think through that? Right. Right. So what you're talking about is, is what's very common. COVID is real. Right. It is a virus that could harm you or your family. So your mm-hmm. instinct to protect your family, to take your family and wrap them and protect them is evolutionary, a, a good strategy. However, you also have to live in the world. And if you go into fear and stay in fear, it will not serve you. So at this point, what you want to do is start practicing cognitive behavioral therapy. That is where you manage your mind. Some people, what they do is when they hear, oh my gosh, the pandemic, COVID, they start turning on the news, maybe watching it 24-7. They start bombarding their mind with all of the negativity, all the people Mm -hmm. that are dying, you know, and then just kind of going into this thought loop of threat. Right. Right. And the perspective just shifts there and then it's there. <laughs> right. And then the brain's good at that. And the brain will do that if you allow it. It will, because it likes to notice threats, right? Its job is to keep you alive. So it's going to notice that there's a threat and it wants to stay on that. You'll have to use a different part of your brain, the executive functioning part of your brain. And this is the cognitive behavioral therapy piece. This is what I teach people where we manage our minds. We clean up our thinking. So in this case, you mentioned, okay, pandemic, then you mentioned economic uncertainty, right? All these things. So there you would say one thing at a time. Let me focus on one problem at a time. Right. So in this case, you would say, 
what am I telling myself? So can you give me an example of that? Maybe that morning when you woke up and you had the thought of COVID and then you noticed your mind going in a snowball. Let's come back to that situation. Can you, are you willing to do that? It goes so far off the rails. You're going to laugh, but okay. Just an example. I wake up and read the news, which is the worst thing I can do in the morning, but I've got a journalism background. And so that's where I start. Okay. And then I think, oh my gosh, COVID. And then I ask my husband on his schedule for the day. And he's like, oh, I've got four appointments. And then I think, oh my gosh, that's four times, four times, you know, more risk he has than I do. Then, then it's like, oh my gosh, I'm going to get COVID. He's going to get COVID. We're going to accidentally give it to my mother. We're both going to be in the hospital. Who's going to take care of my dog? Right. Right. And, it's and just I mean, it so just, well. yeah. And I think, whoa, 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 slow yeah. down a minute. But it's, you know, the sweaty hands and the shallow breath. Yeah. And you think, oh my gosh, who's going to take care of the dog? Right. And I know that's probably not something that should be top on the priority list, but it's like my third child, you know? And this is what the brain does. And so I, I describe the brain as like a toddler with a um, Sharpie. Mm-hmm. You know, if you just let it go, like exactly what you're talking about, it's going to have you in the hospital, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> And what happened was that you woke up and your husband said, I have four appointments, right? Right. So first of all, you can, oh, sorry. so first of all, you can look at the news, like, mm-hmm. you know, but for me, I would limit it. I, I, I limit the news. I want to be informed, but I don't want to be scared. You might look at is first thing in the morning, a good idea. If you decide to do the morning news first, for an hour, then I would say to discipline yourself to do one hour of something that's good for your brain, something positive, mm-hmm. like maybe a podcast or, you know, your spiritual literature or yoga or Pilates. equal time. I want to get the facts right now. I'm going to spend equal time doing something positive. Yeah. I, right? I like that. Yeah, And I have tried to limit the news because I realize that's when I go crazy. But if I just look at my New York Times app, my local news app, I'm okay, I'm informed. Right. I can continue on with my day rationally. (laughs) Right, right. So the next thing is one thought at a time. One thought at a time. So the circumstance was you asked husband, he's going out and having four appointments. Right. So the fact is he has four appointments today. What What did you make that mean? We have a 4 million, you know, percent higher risk of catching COVID today. Like that's what I, you know, on, on those off days, I don't wake up like this every day or I would have probably spun out by now. Yeah, this is what we do. This is a good idea. If you're willing to do this, be vulnerable here. Yeah. So, so I have, I have four times more chances, right? Right. Is that true? No. I mean, he's very mindful. He's very careful. We're both very mindful and very careful. But the, you know, the crazy mind, the hysterical mind kind of is like, oh my gosh, 4,000%, you know, higher risk or whatever. Right. Instead of, you know, the way I could frame that probably better would be, hey, he's making money today. (laughs) Exactly. Like, like you, so ultimately, you know, if you, if you and I were working together, I would really dive into this. Uh, The pandemic is really touching on this idea of death and death anxiety and vulnerability. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of tapping into risk, certainty, uncertainty. There's a lot of different ways you'll want to think about 
your husband going out having four appointments? Like, are you willing to accept some risk in order mm-hmm. to keep your family's money coming? <laughs> you know, right? It's a thing. Right? To, like, there is some risk involved in going out in the world. And that is true. That's truth. And you have to make peace with that. Right. It does no good to focus on, oh, I could get coronavirus and die. That's just staying in fear. That's a fear-based mm-hmm. thought, right? That's a fear-based right. thought. And you could stay and you could just label that fear. What you want to create, I imagine, is more positive emotion, right? For your day, I would imagine. Oh, definitely. <laughs> right, right. So what is one truth? So one truth of the way you can say that is it's true. He is going to go out in the world. I mean, just admit it. Yes, it's true. He is going to go out in the world. However, mm-hmm. we've talked about this and he's a safe person and he's going to wear his mask and wash his hands and maintain social distance. And I, and I trust him to do that. Right. So, and I do logically. Yeah. You yeah. Know, we've yeah. spent a lot of time talking about this and just, you know, when everything shut down and everybody thought, Oh my gosh, what's happening. We had to navigate out of that very mindfully and very consciously, and we had to communicate through that. So I do, I trust us both, but it's just that moment of hysteria. And then I think, oh my gosh, and what about the frontline workers that don't have any choice? And The brain likes to see, that's exactly what we're talking about. That is the brain doing its job, trying to keep you alive, Mm -hmm. trying to focus in on a threat. And your brain's going to offer up a lot of thoughts that confirm that you could die of this virus, right? Right. Hey, okay, well, how about the front line workers? How about my husband going out of the world? How about- Who's gonna take care of my dog? (laughs) Who's gonna take care of my dog? (laughs) Right, and so your job, if you're doing your job to manage your mind, it is to look at each thought and decide, okay, is this thought helpful? Is it true? Is it serving me? Is it not serving me? Mm-hmm. But one thought at a time. It's harder to solve a problem. It's just it's this big ball all the way to dog, you know, with <laughs> right. <on the> bridge. <laughs> this is dog level stuff here, but I get it because it's easy to look at one thing and, and deal one with it. Thought at a time. I like that. Yeah, one thought at a time. And you, what we're trying to do is, again, resilient people are able to examine their thoughts mm-hmm. and say, stop, take a deep breath. <sighs> okay. I'm in a lot of fear right now. What am I telling myself? Right. You know, okay. I'm telling myself this, 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 and this, and this, is it true? Well, it's true. He's going out. Is It's also true that he's going to take precautions, right? It's true that I, we need to do this. This is what our family has decided. Right. Now, it's not going to do me any good right now to focus on frontline workers. Of course, I love them and I send them compassion. That's aligns with my value, right? I can right. I can do, I can't control the frontline workers, so that's not helpful. I can send them a prayer. You know, I can send right. them my good wishes. But you just deal with one thought at a time. I like that. Thank I mean, you. especially right now, because I think that that's one stressor everyone is dealing with. I mean, if COVID is impacting yeah. everyone in some way. Right, right. Absolutely. It, and it's collective, right? So mm-hmm. it's a collective. We're all doing it. Yeah. So on it, the um, individual level, yeah. so for example, we we know that a lot of the folks that 
are in our audience are freelancers, solopreneurs, and may have suffered some financial challenges as a result, clients dropping off or projects getting canceled or put on hold. What, and we can all relate to this. I mean, freelancers can, freelancers can relate to this even outside of COVID times when you don't have anything in the pipeline or you don't have as much in the pipeline as you think you should to keep your bills paid and keep the lights on that can get overwhelming really fast. So Mm -hmm. from that perspective, when you're just feeling just absolutely overwhelmed because you're not sure you're going to be able to do what you need to do to meet your obligations. How do you break that down into a process that can help you find within yourself, I guess, that strength to, to forge forward. Right. Right. There's a, you know, for, for me, it it depends so much on the individual, you know, (laughs) There's different approaches you can take. So economic uncertainty. So there's the issue is there's not as as much work mm-hmm. as you'd like to have. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's I mean you have a couple of choices. One you can and this one's kind of hard for people, but I often do this. Is a lot of times our brain will go to the worst case scenario. Mm-hmm. And kind of create. Oh my gosh, I don't. I'm not going to have any money, and you know, I'm going to be living, you know, on the streets. Yeah. And you don't just kind of go there, you know. It's uh, who will feed right. Melissa's dog? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's say, you know, I don't have as much business as I would like, and and it's just going to create this worst case scenario. So sometimes, if they can tolerate it, I will say, okay, let's go ahead and go to that worst case scenario. Mm-hmm. Right. Let's go ahead and imagine that. Mm-hmm. Imagine that. So here's what that might look like. Somebody says, I'm a freelance consultant. My business is down. I don't have enough revenue coming in. And I'll say, okay, and if that's true, what will happen? What's the worst thing about that? If that's true, they'll say, well, then I can't pay my bills. Okay, if that's true, what's the worst thing about that? What what will likely happen? Well, you know, I'll, I'll get evicted uh, from my house. Okay. If that's true, what will happen? And a lot of times as we go down, 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 and let, we find out that the truth is, is that they really will be okay. It's not like they'll have family that would take them in or, mm-hmm. you know, or they could apply for a business loan. If we get out of fear and into, mm-hmm. okay, let's go to this worst case scenario. Let's imagine that it really tends to be okay. Mm-hmm. And once you can kind of make peace with that, you can kind of tell your brain when it keeps throwing up, oh my God, then I'm not going to be able to, then you can say, remember, we went there, we, we thought of the worst case scenario and I can handle it. Right. You know, so that, that was, that's one way that I might work with somebody to who's having some economic difficulty because mm-hmm. that's true like money's not coming at mm-hmm. right and they feel like they can't control that they feel like they have no control over that mm-hmm. so one case one thing you could do is go to the worst case scenario imagine that see if you can tolerate that and then make peace with it the other thing is you can change how you're viewing this Another option, completely different, again, using the cognitive behavioral therapy is, okay, I'm a freelance worker, money's not coming in, 
you can start asking yourself better questions. Like instead of just going with the fear and staying with the fear and saying, well, mm-hmm. you know, focusing on what I can't do and what I don't have and how this problem is unsolvable, you can stop, take a deep breath. Okay. And you can adopt that mindset again of resilience. Every mm-hmm. problem has a solution. I just have to get in the right frame of mind. I have to just think about it. Let me get out of fear and into optimism, opportunity, growth. So I I wrote down some questions that you might start asking yourself, Mm -hmm. you know, when you get into this, you can ask, what can I learn from this? You know, how does, you know, how is the situation happening for me? You're kind of flipping it instead of saying, Hey, this is happening to me. And this is horrible and terrible. You could take that same situation and go, okay, it happened. This is happening. I'm not going to resist that. I am going to just learn from it. What can I learn? How can I see this as an opportunity to grow? The idea is when you start changing the questions that you ask, you'll start generating some positive emotion and then you'll tap into your creativity. I like that. Mm -hmm. And your ability to solve problems. But if you stay in that negative mindset, you're going to just generate low energy and you really can't solve problems from that place. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's powerful. Yeah. So there's two options there where I'm asking you to is to shift out of primitive brain, survival brain into growth mindset into hold on, stop, take a deep breath just by asking yourself some questions. Is it true? Is it not true? Is this serving me? Is it not serving me? In what way is this happening for me? What can I learn from this? And I like to say to myself a couple of things. Here's what I do. I teach my clients is I ask myself, how do I want to feel? That's good. Mm -hmm. How do I want to feel? How do I want to feel? And I'll say, well, I want to feel like for in that camp, going back to, to your example, Melissa, in the morning when I wake up and I think of my husband leaving and me starting my day, like, how would you want to feel? How do you want to show up in your day? Right. Well, I would, I would want to feel like I try to feel most days, but when it's like, have a great day, see you later, you're going to go out in the world and do some important things. I'm going to stay here and go to my desk and do some important things. And we'll meet for dinner. Okay. So you want to have more love, mm-hmm. connection, peace? What, what is all of that. All of it. Okay. So then you just say, okay, so this is your choice. You get to decide. You you can, you know, you don't have to just let your brain run on default. You don't have to just mm-hmm. go to fear and stay there. You can say, you know what? I want to feel more love. I want to feel more connection. I'm going to go give my husband a big hug. I'm going to say, have a great day. I love right. you. I'm, you know, thank you for going to work. I know it's tough getting out there, you know, but I appreciate you doing that for our family. You know, you can offer connection to him. You can offer love. You can offer a hug. And then you could tell yourself, you know, I want to feel motivated. Feelings don't come from circumstances. They come from what you're thinking, what you're telling yourself. So then you want to start telling yourself thoughts that are motivating, like, okay, great. You know, I'm going to open up my calendar and I'm going to look at my tasks and I'm going to do my most important task first. 
I'm going to get busy and this is going to be a good day. We're so used to letting circumstances dictate our feelings. We just allow our brain to go unattended. It sees a negative circumstance. It presents negative thoughts. And then we feel negative and we blame the circumstance. When the reality is you have a lot more control. Well, you know, I mean, this is a little off topic. It goes back a little ways. But years ago when I got divorced from my first husband, I knew I was going to be okay. I knew I was going to be okay. I knew everything was going to be fine. I knew me and my kids would be better. And I'm not saying that it was a walk in the park, but we were, and it is, and it was. And I had just decided how this is not how my story is going to end. Right. And so you, you did so much there. You, so there, I mean, and I, I love that. I love that. That is so true. It's you had an inner knowing you connected mm-hmm. to your truth, your truth. You know, and I know it didn't come easily. I'm sure you got there over time. It's like, you know what? I, I'm, this is in my best interest. This is in my family's best interest. Mm-hmm. Divorce is never easy, but I'm going to have the divorce and I'm going to come out of this better. I mean, that's the perfect example of resilience. Perfect. It's like this hard thing happened, but I trust myself. I know what's best for me. So I just need to have that same thought with the pandemic. I don't want you to be Pollyanna <laughs> and say, oh, you know, what do you mean? There's no virus. You know, that's not. Oh, no. <laughs> that's too much of a departure. <laughs> but you get to decide how you want to feel. I get to decide for me and my family how I'm going to handle this. I get to decide. Well, and here we are in the beginning of a brand new year. We can all use that power to decide how this year is going to shape up for us. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. You can align yourself with fear and doubt. It's just really just two emotions, you know, two, two energy states, fear and doubt or love and trust. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I choose to use all of my tools, my brain, my mind to go into a higher energy state. And I don't let, I don't allow the circumstances to dictate. So I've been listening to kind of you describe some of these scenarios and I want you to kind of describe to us the, the three C's concepts because concept, because I think the, the C's will be easy to remember when you're feeling uh, a little overwhelmed or you feel like your mind's just racing on something it shouldn't be. Tell me about those and, and how you can use them to your advantage. Okay. I learned that early in my career in the 90s. I studied at Harvard Deaconess Hospital. They were studying stress resiliency. It was Dr. Joan Borinsko who I got this from. Three C's. One, the first C is challenge. Whenever I'm faced with a stressor, I view that stressor as a challenge. The second C, control. I have control over how I respond to that stressor. I, I don't have control over the stressor. The stressor happened, but I can control my reaction and response to it. I can control my mind. The third C is I'm committed. I'm committed to myself. I'm committed to seeing this stressor as a learning opportunity, and I'm committed to my own growth and development. I like that. I like the three C's mm-hmm. management, viewing stressor as a challenge having control where what I can control is how I respond and I commit to personal growth and development. And it's a practice and it's a daily practice. 
Definitely. Yeah. yeah, the whole idea that you can't yeah. control the circumstance, but you can control how you react to it. I think I think therein lies the key in some ways because because it's so true, you know, and and it's so easy to get caught up in the things that you can't control, but forget the things that you can. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Dr. Victor Victor Frankel, he wrote that Man's Search for Meaning. That's a great example. That book is amazing. How he was in a concentration camp. I don't know if you're familiar with the book. No. Of course. Oh, okay. Dr. Fr- Victor Frankel was a psychiatrist and he was in the Jewish concentration camps and he decided that he was going to get out and he decided that he was going to help others. And what saved him, he said, is he created a vision for his future. And what he wanted for the future was to write a book about this experience. Wow. He wanted to live so he could tell other people what mm-hmm. happened and how he managed to not go crazy, not give in to despair. I mean, imagine that. And so in that case, he aligned himself with this future goal and he made sense and meaning out of that suffering. Wow. Yeah. His decision was that no matter what you do to my body, no matter what you do to me, you do not have control over my mind. Wow. Yeah. That's powerful. Yeah. Powerful. It's a really good book. Mm -hmm. And, you know, whether you view things as a blessing or a curse, it's both are true. You can choose to see what's the stressor is happening as a, as a blessing and what can I learn and how can I grow from this? And how can I tap into my creativity? Or you can see it as a curse. What are some ways that you could recommend that our listeners can become more resilient? So it's a daily practice. <laughs> you know, for me, I have to do this every single day. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think it's helpful to not go it alone. I think it's very important to get support. There's a lot of Facebook groups or online social groups, or you can hire a therapist or a coach or, you know, contact your friend or there's reading books, there's listening to podcasts, but you have to decide how you are going to stay resilient in the face of uncertainty and develop a daily practice. And you have to decide what works for you. Okay. Yeah. What works for me may not work for you get creative with it. You have a quick exercise, the beautiful state exercise. Describe that to us, how that can help you uh, manage your energy. Okay. Yeah. So I like this one. Okay. So we've been talking a lot about managing our mind, right? I think it's so important though, that we involve not just our mind, but also our body. So this one does both. That's why I really like this. This is, this comes from Tony Robbins. He was studying in India. I don't know the guy's name. I'm sorry, but he he got he kind of combined this kind of Eastern philosophy with what he was teaching people, and he came up with this exercise for himself. And it's called a beautiful state. And there are only two states. One is a beautiful state, which is a high energy state, and that is so. A high energy state is when we are, if you think about it, emotions in our body is like it's a chemical response, it creates energy. So when we are in a positive emotion state, like love, joy, you know, gratitude, courage, faith, all of playfulness, fun, 
right? We all want more of that. We all want more of that high. Like that's mm -hmm. a high energy state. That's where we can create. That's where we can kind of feel good. So there's that, there's a beautiful state. And then there's the opposite, which is a uh, suffering or a low energy state. And that's where we feel frustrated, despair, you know, fear, sadness, any of those negative emotions. And then our body is gonna kind of look like that too, right? So here's the practice. And I love this. I've been practicing this quite a bit. And it's, it really has helped me. So the, the idea is I wake up in the morning and I remind myself, I'm choosing to live in a beautiful state. And whenever I get triggered, I have 90 seconds. It's called a 90 second rule to change it. So the first step is going about my day, creating positive emotions, shoulders back, sternum up, you know, chest, purposely trying to cultivate positive emotion. But then something happens in our environment as it does to pull me in, right? Somebody disagrees with my political view, right? I have one view, they have another one that might trigger me. <laughs> I might get pulled in. And so I start getting into, I can't believe they think that, and that, you know, they're wrong and I'm right. And now I'm in a suffering state, right? I'm in a negative state. I'm judging this other person. And so I tell myself 90 seconds, 90 seconds. I notice, okay, I just got hooked in. I just got frustrated. I just got judgy. I get to choose how I want to feel. And I want to feel beautiful. I want to feel great. So then I just say, I remind myself, you know what? In this case, they have, this person has a right to feel however they feel. They mm -hmm. are a human being on the planet doing the best they can. They, they're trying to get their needs met. They believe what they believe and it's okay. I'm gonna let it go and I'm gonna return to my beautiful state. So in this, what I do is if nobody's around, I'll just kind of like, you know, put my arms up, you know, just kind of, you know, let it go, shake it off. I'm letting the judging go. And I'm going to return to my beautiful state. And then I put my shoulders back and I smile and I start breathing through my heart and I start generating some positive emotion. Like I think of gratitude or I think of nature or I think of how much I love that person that I disagreed with, or I think of my values, you know, when my, my values is love and compassion and I'll start thinking, okay, what is something I can be excited about? What's something I can think of that brings me gratitude, love. And I just, kind of do that. And then before you know it, I'm in my positive state again. It's amazing. So it's 90 seconds. Now, if it's really hard, you get 90 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so in this case, it was easy, you know, it was, but it was a family member who had a different opinion than me. Oh, those are always hard. Right? And I wanted to get into judgment and I felt horrible. And I went, nope, beautiful state, you know, beautiful state. I'm returning to that. And I kind of return my body. And then amazing. It's, a, it's amazing. I feel better. And then I can mm -hmm. move on. And I do that a mm -hmm. lot. Like I'll do it when I like after a hard day at work and then I come home and I tell myself I don't have energy to work out. I'll say, uh, uh, nope. See, beautiful state. And I imagine myself working out. It's amazing. It gives you energy when mm -hmm. you choose to live in a beautiful state, regardless of what's happening. What a great practice. That's very powerful. Yeah, I like that one. I've been doing it very consistently, personally, because it works for me. Mm -hmm. I don't like being in a low energy state. If I'm in pain or a low energy, I don't like staying there. So this exercise has meaning to me. So I've been practicing it every day and I'm not perfect. Like I'll still get caught out. Something will happen in the environment and I get hooked in and then I don't recognize that I'm hooked in. 
But then my, again, I go back to that other C of commitment to personal growth. And so I might be on a, a walk and I'll realize, hold on, I got hooked in there and I didn't, I didn't recognize it. I, I was believing my negative thoughts, right? And so then I recommit. So yeah, there's times I can do it and do it well. And then there's times I forget and I just roll with it. I just, every day is a new day. And I love it. I'm definitely going to try it. But, but mm-hmm. what keeps me in it is that recommitment, that commitment to my own personal growth and to end suffering. You know, I don't want to suffer and I, I want other people not to suffer. Mm-hmm. So if we wanted to just kind of summarize the steps for people, if they are, if they do face a challenge that they feel a little overwhelmed by or find themselves just getting into that downward spiral, like who's going to take care of my dog? What would be the steps they would go through? Okay. So first thing is step one is step one is always awareness, right? Acknowledge. It's not just about changing into positive thinking or changing into a positive state. You know, the world really is 50, 50. You're not meant to be happy all the time. You're not meant to be in a high energy state all the time. 50% of the time you're going to be happy about 50% of the time you're not right. So this is normal for you to kind of get into this idea that everything's, you know, horrible, but if you, mm-hmm. if it's not serving you and you're exaggerating, then and you want to get out of it, then I encourage you to kind of take these steps. Step one is to acknowledge that something happened that you don't like and that you're having some feelings, right? You're having feelings. Tune in, stop, take deep breath. Just kind of label, what am I feeling? What is that feeling? Kind of bring some awareness to yourself and don't try and change it too fast. Just allow it to be there. In this case, again, kind of go back to Melissa's example. It would be, she was probably feeling fear, right? Mm -hmm. Panic, right? And so we don't, so first you have to say, okay, I'm feeling fear and panic. And then the second thing you want to do is notice your thoughts. What am I thinking? Right. And just reminding yourself, the only thing I have control over is my thinking. I get to decide, right? how, how I think, how I feel kind of doing that, those questions that we talked about, is it true? Is it not true? And then the third step for me is always kind of aligning my thinking and my my behavior to this future of where I want to go, what I want to create. And then I start thinking like that. How do I want to show up? The last step is self-compassion. If I'm in a moment of suffering, how can I become my own best friend? Say, hey, this is really hard. You know, you know, kind of walk alongside myself. This is really hard. You're suffering right now. Right. We and can't all be on all the time. Yeah, there's definitely an argument for cutting yourself some slack now and then, huh? Be nice to yourself, right? I think that that's a timeless issue for women. We're super women. We can, you know, do the job. We can take care of the house. We can raise the children. And we put all of these expectations oftentimes on ourselves. Mm -hmm. They're not necessarily placed on us by our partners or by society as a whole, but by ourselves. And we have to cut ourselves some slack sometimes. Absolutely. Right. I find myself often 
reminding myself whose idea was this anyway you know it's like you're just trying to please yourself here or whose deadline was this it's your right. own you know and, oh and, the deadlines that we set yeah. ourselves are the hardest Ooh, yeah. yeah yeah we tell yeah we think okay i have to get this done is it true no well i don't have what's to. gonna happen if you yeah, don't, don't you don't have to do anything but death or taxes but well, taxes you don't even have to pay your taxes <laughs> Yeah, let's go through the <laughs> questions, the asking the questions. So then what would happen? You'd go to jail. And so then what would happen? Well, you'd probably make some friends and I right? don't know, maybe you might, maybe I might enjoy being in jail. I don't know. <laughs> Learn a new skill, something. Learn a new skill. I look really good in orange. <laughs> exactly. Yes. But the question, it all goes back to who would take care of my dog? It all I'm going to have to pay the taxes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh, this has been great. Dr. Laddie, is there anything else you want to add? Anything you think we need to be armed with to, to approach this new year with a lot of hope and purpose? Well, I tried to share with you what I practice and what I preach and what I teach. So for me, you know, the cognitive behavioral therapy, what am I thinking? What am I feeling? What's my behavior? Those are the things I can control. External circumstances I have no control over, but how I think and how I feel and how I behave will give me all of my results. I like it. Results. So yeah. where can people learn more about you and your work? Go to my website, drladdie.com. And you can find me on psychology today, find a therapist. Well, we do really appreciate you being here with us, Dr. Laddie. I, what a wealth of knowledge you've shared and, and you fixed us. I tell you what, I hope, I hope you fixed many of our audience. <laughs> Well. Yes. Thank you so much. You're yes, welcome. You. It's been my pleasure. So I think that's going to do it for us today. Are you a member of our groups, the Women of Wobizzle? We have a group on Facebook and LinkedIn. We'd love to have you join us in either or both places. Join us in both places. The more the merrier. Huh? Yes. Also head over to wobizzle.com. That's W-O-B-I-Z-Z-L-E.com to sign up for our Move Forward Monday email list. Every Monday, we send you a tip to help you move forward with your business. Until next time, keep moving forward. You've got this.